coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome back Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We all have those desires, how we manifest them, how we behave to receive that is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, we want connection, we want love. Because the amount of people that have survived on eating takeout and just giving all their power away to everything outside of themselves is huge. And now is the time to really connect with your food. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey Keto Camper, this episode is deep and I know it's going to relate with you, resonate with you so much. I bring, I welcome back Dr. Nick Jensen and Dr. Sonia Jensen. They are a married couple. I've actually had them both on the show separately. Episode 30 of the Keto Camp podcast, I had Dr. Nick Jensen and Dr. David Wardy and we talked about leaky gut, the autoimmune connection between leaky gut and autoimmune brain fog and medication and so much more. That is episode 30. I'll put a link to that down below. And episode 66 with Dr. Sonia Jensen and Andrea Siebert, where we talked about stress and weight gain, the domino effect of autoimmune disease and why it's important to relax and release and practical ways to deal with stress. So that was episode 66 and episode 30. We'll put both those episodes down below. If you haven't listened to them yet, go listen to them. On today's episode, I have them both together. I am so blessed to have this deep conversation with Dr. Sonia Jensen and Dr. Nick Jensen. And we talk about the hidden challenges of the lockdown and forcing people to social distance and why we as humans are social creatures and how this is having uh, negative consequences. And we talk about what those are. We discuss how to to develop a rock solid mindset, which what I call mental six pack. We talk about things to remove that will allow to, the body to heal because when you remove the interference, the body will heal. We discussed that. Then we talk about creating compassion and love for others, especially at this time in the world where it's so important to create love and compassion for other people. I do share as well my story of being depressed and suicidal and what I went through and how if that was happening to me today during the lockdown, it would be a different story. So I do share something personal because Nick asked me to share. We talk about identifying with disease and then we end with three actions to take immediately that will transform your life. So I cannot wait to bring them on the show. Please be present with us here and listen to this deep rooted conversation. You're going to get so much out of it. Take a screenshot of this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast and post it on Instagram. Shoot me a tag at the Benazadi and at Keto Camp Official and shoot the Dr. Jensen's a tag over at Dr. Sonia Jensen and Dr. Nick Jensen. When I see it, I'll share it on Instagram. I want to also encourage you to leave the show a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show grow. Our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate and to inspire 1 billion people. And it really helps the podcast algorithms get this show into more hands when you, t- when you take 30 seconds to leave the show a rating and review. I'll be hosting a free webinar called my Mastering Keto and Fasting Webinar. I'm going to teach you four ways to do so. We're going to have beginner and advanced strategies. I'm going to also give away over $200 worth in free digital, digital downloads, recipe books, keto smoothies, and my books along with the presentation slides. This free webinar is taking place on June 19th, 2020 at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So this is a Friday and I only want you to sign up if you could make it live. It's 100% free, but there is limited availability. We are over 70% to capacity. So please sign up only if you could 
make it live. The website to sign up is www.benazadiwebinar.com. You could secure a spot by going there today if you're hearing this on time, benazadiwebinar.com. If you're struggling to find the right foods on your ketogenic lifestyle, I highly recommend you check out Kettle and Fire's new lineup of keto soups. They are delicious, they live up to my high standards of quality ingredients, and they'll help you accelerate your ketogenic results. Visit kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout for a 15% off. That is kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp. If you want to watch the video interview with Dr. Sonia and Dr. Nick Jensen, this can be found on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ketocamp, where you could watch that video interview maybe after you listen to it now. All right, let's get into this deep, amazing, beautiful conversation with Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen have been on the Keto Camp podcast prior to this recording, episode 30 and episode 60. So you can go listen to their stories and their biography on those episodes. We work together. We are colleagues. We are part of Dr. Pompa's Platinum organization with Health Centers of the Future, and our mission is to change the world, and we are all doing it together. So let's bring them on the show. Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen, welcome to the Keto Camp podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for, for having us here, Ben. Well, it's welcome back to both of you, actually, because you have been on just separate uh, episodes, which I'll link in the notes of this podcast. And we are recording this during the middle of the quarantine. And I'd love to have a conversation around that and a lot of the challenges people are having out there with being isolated and how it's leading to addictive behaviors like food and other things. So I'd love to start right there uh, with your thoughts, Sonia. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on what's going on right now? What are some of the challenges you see out there with the quarantine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right when they started talking about social distancing, I had this um, gut reaction in my body because I think as humans for generations, we have lived in villages, we have lived in tribes, and we have relied on each other for core support. And just that phrase in itself, I feel like created so much um, of a reaction inside of me. And I'm sure many others who rely on this tribe, who rely on the village, you know, young moms that have kids at home now that are homeschooling and maybe still working and supporting the family don't have that external support anymore. And, you know, we're, we live in a society where we are constantly being told that we're not enough right from the marketing and all of that and then throw that in that feeling of not feeling enough and throw in these restrictions that don't allow us to serve our bodies our minds and our connection that we have with ourselves and others it will drive us into whether it's a state of addiction or a feeling of loneliness depression for myself i know i've had lots of ups and downs with that feeling and it's happening all around us even in our close families and friends yeah Absolutely. And, you know, I can't help but think that, you know, it's hard for people with addiction, you know, at the best of times when, when <laughs> there's not global pandemics and, you know, just life is at you. And, you know, when we see, you know, here in Vancouver, there's a, a community called the downtown East side where there's a, there's a significant amount of people who are living in isolation and homeless and, and that's just their world and the the kind of overdosing and and drug abuse and and lack of support because resources are being diverted to other areas is significant and you know that's that's in a say worst case scenario and this is very egocentric in our communication because this is just what we know here in british columbia and canada vancouver where we're living and we get all the news from you know the updates all across north america but you know, to extrapolate this kind of reality, this kind of behavior that we see ourselves stuck in, you go to places like, like India, where people live in a cash society living day to day. And when you pull away their ability to, to do what they have to do, whether it's collect things out of the garbage bins, or, you know, find places for food. And when you lock people like that down, it starts to put things into bigger, bigger perspective that, you know, we're in a, we're in a massive crisis, but it's a, a massive emotional crisis that's driving our addictive behaviors. And it's, it's putting us into a place of numbness where we find anything to, uh, to tune ourselves out. So before we get into some, some practical ways for somebody to adopt healthier lifestyles for their household right now, before we get into that, I'd love to talk about the, the mental component. You touched upon it. How important is it to be working on what I call this mental six pack right now? And what are some ways to work on it to help with these 
poor lifestyle behaviors. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, one of the things that, that we do in our clinic a lot is we do uh, brain brain mapping and, and neurofeedback. And, you know, we, we look at a broad spectrum of people, people from, you know, optimal health and wanting to, to biohack and, and improve, you know, brain function or, or hack their body in some sort of way to people with, you know, ADHD to anxiety, depression, sleep issues and whatnot. And there's a, there's a reoccurring theme that I see in a lot of people's brains and that's a really deep state of sleep. Their Delta waves are really high in the prefrontal cortex, which is your executive function part of your brain. Like your, your personality, your ability to make sense of information in the world. And, and, and it's, it's ubiquitous. Most people have some sort of hypofrontality functioning. It's, you know, when we see some of, you know, the distraction, the disparity between, you know, versions of what's going on in this world, the, the different realities, it starts to make sense that there's a lot of people that have been stuck asleep in, especially in these higher functioning areas of the brain. And this goes into metabolics, you know, like the, everything that you're teaching so brilliantly, you know, getting into metabolic flexibility. So if you change that energy supply into the brain, you're going to change the quality of the brain's healing and you're not going to sleep as well. And it's this repercussive or chronic effect that keeps showing up. And so, you know, we can understand as practitioners that there's definitely a biochemical, there's a physical, you know, neurological component to not doing well and then throw in all this, you know, emotional trauma, our ability to cope, our resiliency is massively affected. Our ability to process this information, again, make good decisions in crisis is, is already impaired, you know, let alone with, you know, constant feedback like you said that we're not enough and we should be afraid and and how dare you not think of your neighbor you need to stay inside you know and the shameful communication that's happening it's just it's i mean that seems like a bigger virus to me is just the gen degeneration of how we're dealing or how we're coping and, and what our resiliency set is all about mm -hmm. and you know looking at the bigger picture i think many people did come to recognize that most of us were on a hamster wheel before and then all of a sudden there's this pause like a forced pause so there's some positivity to it in that sense where we were forced to reflect we were forced to kind of see what kind of life we were living but if we're not awake in that frontal cortex um, the story that we've created around that is also going to dictate our behavior during this time so many of us have been going through many layers of grief during this time. So whether it's grieving our old routine, grieving our connections, grieving our careers that we may have lost, there's so many layers to that piece. And that too will dictate how we're behaving because what's the first thing that we feel when we're hurt? We feel anger, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to have like a target to target our anger at. And sometimes that's our neighbors, which that that is a piece that like Nick's saying is like more harmful than anything that's happening anything external that's coming into our physiology the body will deal with this emotional mental stress and strain that's happening on our bodies now and our relationships that's what i'm afraid is going to take a lot longer to recover from mm -hmm. yeah well said so so what are some ways to activate that prefront prefrontal cortex the decision making part of our brain what are some things we can do right now at home to activate it mm -hmm. Yeah, some simple things that you can do are breathe and meditate, right? Creating a practice that actually forces you to go inside and expand and grow that frontal cortex. I mean, there's been studies done that will show scans before and after meditation mm -hmm. to show how much of a difference that makes. So that's something that's free that you can do alone at home and it gives you some me time. And we've got time. And we've got time <laughs> yes. to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big one. And, you know, as I said before, everything that you teach on teaching how to divert brain energy, you know, into ketosis and upregulate the, the ketone production, you'll, you'll be surprised that when you've got the proper fuel source, you're not creating chronic oxidation and wearing down of the, of the synapses, you become more creative. I mean, who people following the show, um, you know, obviously they know that they feel a whole lot more clear in their brain when they've gone into maybe a longer fast or start following more of the ketogenic philosophies. And, you know, and then you know, let's take an example of a population with epilepsy. We know these people do better and their neurology actually works better when, when those ketones are up. So there's a whole lot of brain protection with, uh, with the biochemistry. And, you know, we know exercise. There's so many excuses and reasons not to exercise right now because gyms are closed and everything else. Sonia's so great because daily we get a new YouTube uh, hit style workout where we're doing 20 to 30 minutes with the, with this amazing online trainer. And it's again, it's free. So movement and we know the production of BDNF 
a brain-derived neurotropic factor that helps to increase the synapsing in the brain and make us, help us make better decisions. Because we all know when you're moving and you're, you're exercising, you're getting some movement into the body and meditating and all these things that we're talking about, you make better decisions. You put the right food in your body. You choose to stay away from the sugar, the alcohol, or whatever the addictive substance of choice is. You're less li likely to need that pain medication. You're, you're more likely to sleep better, which is also going to help your brain to heal and recover and think more clearly the following day. I mean, the list is long, as you know, Ben. Like, there's, there's so many different ways that we could look at to support brain health. But you know, while you're here at home, you know, in your, you know, in your confined spaces, so to speak, uh, there's a lot of solutions that can support you. Like, look at the foundation, you know, eat well, hydrate, meditate, look at, you know, be aware of your thoughts and go outside, plant a garden. And if you can't plant a garden, just put your feet into the dirt. Like these foundational pieces are more important than any of the fancy work that's out there right now. So true. Yeah, because that's the core that's going to create that resiliency when something like this shows up again. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to say something else, Nick? No, I was I was just going to say that. I mean, I'm I'm glad you you brought it back to that conversation because you know, those, those basic building blocks, if you don't have those sorted out, I don't care how much vitamin C, vitamin D, or, you know, whatever other supplements that you decide to take, if you don't fix the basic life essentials, how can your communication system or your immune system or, you know, a hormone system be working effectively? And those are all things like for the most part that cost you nothing. And it just requires a little bit of discipline and practice. So again, those of you listening, make sure you, you get into uh, all the training that Ben is offering because, if you don't correct that metabolic effect, you're not going to be able to give your brain that what it needs in order to heal. So, and you may be hearing our children laughing in the background. Laughter is probably the best medicine. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I did hear them, and I, I love that. You're so right. I've been actually making it um, intentionally every single night. I've been watching a funny episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm or The Office, and oh, I've been awesome. laughing to get this oxytocin release. I've been petting mm -hmm. my dog and uh, hugging my girlfriend to get that because it's it's so healing and it's and it's free. You know, it's free to do yeah. something like that. So you taught you, those are some great practical tips for somebody who's at home right now. Even if you're listening or watching this months or years from now, these are going to apply to you. So even if you have your gym back or whatever it is, these are still going to be the rules to follow because they're just, they're universal human laws right here. Um, mm. The next question I have for you too, and we'll start with Sonia. You talked, you shared some things to add into the mix, exercise, movement and exercise, breathing, meditation laughter what about what are some things that we should be removing what are things that are interfering with the body's capability to heal during this time yeah i'll take it back to the mind again and um what relationships we're allowing into our mind and that relationship could be from the media it could be from hearing a neighbor or somebody speaking their truth their version of their truth and taking it on internally as if it is ours so I would say detoxifying the thoughts, detoxifying the relationships and the minds and what we're allowing ourselves to take in and breathe in every single day. So being, um, what's the word that you always use, discerning, mm -hmm. right, of the information that's coming at you. I would say that's like number one thing to look at and to remove so that you have the space to be creative. So you have the space to look at the bigger picture. So you have space to be in gratitude for what you do have instead of getting stuck in a state of survival and fear. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because you know, the reality is that we, we've all had conversations in our head that last hours, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And you could be completely blinded to, you know, even picking the right food when, when you're so busy having an argument with someone that, that is not even there. And it's just completely in a mental space. Mm -hmm. So that, that's significant. I think that some, some other basic things is, you know, now as you talked about detoxing, maybe some of the, the relationships you're allowing into your, to your mindset, not that you have to delete these people from your life, but, you know, choosing and having discernment for what you allow to, to, to get in. Um, great time to clean your home, right? I mean, why not just declutter, just declutter, declutter, like get rid of stuff. We've been doing this in different parts of our home and it's been so freeing. I mean, our garage, we moved into this, in this home where we're at now back in August and our garage was like the bane of our nervous system. <laughs> Every time we would walk in there and just go, oh, you just feel gross when you go in there. You just think of like, this is a big job to, to tackle. And but the kind of freedom that comes with decluttering, right, is, is huge. And, and I'd, I'd encourage people, if you haven't watched um, Marie Kondo, The Art of Tidying Up, 
great, great strategy to just clear some of that clutter. I, and, and our boys, we're getting our boys involved. I, I told them that I would help them clean their room, their playroom, which was literally like a bomb went off. Um, they ended up doing it on their own. And so getting, you know, getting your kids involved wherever possible is huge. And then great. And I think next step after that is start looking at some of the cleaners that you're using in your home, you know, uh, start looking at the pots and pans that maybe you're using. We did a, a cleansing in our pots and pans over the last couple of years, and it's been great to just, you know, decrease our toxicity burden. Um, obviously, you know, air fresheners and things like that. Start experimenting maybe with some um, natural home cleaners and things like that. You know, find out where you can can add a little bit extra value and decrease some more toxicity in your environment. And then obviously you can take those same principles into your food and your diet and and everything else. Mm -hmm. I think the big piece is the awareness, right? So taking a step back, looking at your external environment, and then looking at your internal environment. So what are the things that need to be put away so that, again, you can make room for growth? I mean, it's springtime right now. Things. This is a time to create the seeds to grow something new. So we can take it as an opportunity, whether it's your mindset, um, your diet, your exercise routine, relationships, any of that, you can plant seeds now that are going to flourish later for you and create longevity in your your mind your thoughts your emotional body your soul body all of that now's the time to do that because when we can create awareness we can look at our patterns we can look at our habits we can look at what's actually motivating us to think the way we're thinking or behave the way we're behaving or attacking or attaching to different um, belief systems we start to become more aware about ourselves and you know we run retreats every year and the focus of the retreat is to fall back in love with yourself so mm -hmm. maybe this retreating that we have to do now with this quarantine maybe that's an opportunity to fall back in love with yourself and really find out who you are yeah and just to add one more thing on there one of the things that i think culturally we're all conditioned to is to move away from our pain right avoid avoid the discomfort you know try to defend yourself from resistance and you're such a shining example of like just you know speaking your truth tapping your heart and sharing what you what you love and, and what you believe in mm -hmm. and it's such an important message of standing up and just choosing courage and meeting resistance I, as in our retreat where i would say you know meet your resistance with a bow there's there's a reason that you're feeling and, and getting something stirred inside you i think our old paradigm of mental resiliency some of the stoic philosophies have been lost and we've really moved into where can we find hedonism where can we find the easy way and where can we find a group of people that think like me so that i never get my belief system tested ever because as soon as i'm triggered i'm running away or i'm gonna you know fight it to the last breath like what if we just you know invited that resistance in inviting invited the triggering experience in and go wow like what is this teaching me right now what's my lesson because it's not about convincing someone of anything it's about getting right in your biochemistry getting right in your heart set your your emotional system when you're when you're meeting resistance and so if we acknowledge it as a blessing and acknowledged even like if you take that same information into like diet it's so hard to change your diet we'll meet that with resistance don't move away from it don't fight it because it's teaching you a lesson it's a symptom of the bigger picture of what you need to pay attention to. And looking at the core of where that symptom is coming from. So you were talking about, you know, um, going into a group that has the same beliefs because that feels safe, that feels secure, that feels yeah. certain. So what will happen if you think differently, you're going to get shunned out of your tribe. And what does that feel like? It feels like death. So that fear of isolation, that fear of death, that fear of being called out and being different drives a lot of things that we do. It drives a lot of our decisions, our behaviors and all of that. So stepping out of that and going back into the heart space and feeling expansive enough to feel that you can speak your truth, that being so solid in who you are, so you're able to speak the truth. And then all of a sudden you will attract those that will elevate you and, and love you for that so that you then give them permission to speak their truth. And, and that's you in a nutshell, buddy. That's Ben. It is Ben. <laughs> Thank you. That was yeah. be beautifully said uh, because of what's going on right now. And we, we talked a little bit offline before we hit record with uh, you asked me how I was doing and I was sharing that, you know, from time to time I dip into these funks because uh, there's a rift between, uh, let's just, we'll split it into two different categories. We have a group of people who say, you got to stay home. You got to wear the mask. You know, let's wait for a vaccine or whatever it is. And you have another group that says, 
hey, the body is amazing. The body has this innate intelligence. It deals with viruses every single day. Let's figure out a new structure so people could go back to work and we could build our lives. And if you say one thing and the other person opposes to it, you're going to get attacked. At least that's what's happening to me. And we shared and Sonia was sharing how even with family members and people we love and how if you don't agree with them or if they disagree with you, it's creating this rift. So I'd love for you to share, Sonia, and then Nick, um, what are some things you've done to help you overcome these mm -hmm. situations where a family member or, or a friend might attack you or say something that you don't really believe in? Mm -hmm. Well, one strategy was unfollowing people, but I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to do that because I think it's what Nick was talking about before. We can't, we can't be afraid of the other opinion, yeah. right? We can't be yeah. afraid to hear somebody else's story because then, then we too are doing the same thing. So what we need to do is create more compassion. We need to have more empathy. We need to, if we feel right in our story, whatever that may be, to just have that space open so that the other can feel the same. And what has always helped me, I mean, Nick's like a total researcher, so he's always doing that and I'm a, I'm a feeler, right? So when I, you know, I, I think it was last Sunday when we were cleaning out the garage, I, did, I cried all day. I had this one like, prayer mantra on in the background and I was like grieving for the world and what's happening to relationships but that was also my way of cleansing that um, heaviness out of me so that I could feel lighter afterwards so making choices where we don't have to convince anybody else of anything if we feel that the world is a direct reflection of our own internal world the only thing that we can control and work on is ourselves so if we eat the right foods if we choose nourishing thoughts, if we choose everything that's gonna help us thrive and nourish in this state, that too will have a ripple effect. That too will create something in the world. Like we did a global meditation a couple of weeks ago and you could see the changes that were happening in the world. So we can choose things that will help us feel expansive. So when the resistance is there, we don't meet it at the same level, but instead we go beyond it. We can be more expansive and just allow the children, right? Because mm -hmm. you know that we, we are all children in some ways having tantrums internally do their thing and we can be so expensive to allow them to do that and move through it. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out, order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp podcast. Yeah, and when, when Sonia says that, it's not about a hierarchy. It's not no. that it's not we're better than than others and, and that kind of thinking. But one of my uh, one of our mentors, uh, Guru Singh, amazing yogi and human being, you know, he says Earth is like a one one room schoolhouse, meaning that we're all in one classroom and there's people at different grade levels that that have, they're all experiencing things in their own kind of way with their own kind of experiences, and to not disregard what other people are feeling, but to embrace all aspects. Uh, one of the teachings that he shares is just believe everything. 
you know, because in that person's mind, that's absolute truth for them. You know, we, we talked actually on a previous podcast with a friend of ours um, talking about absolute versus relative truth. Most people don't really take time to discern the two, right? And so we, we usually operate from that mindset of constantly framing everything through an absolute truth. And, you know, if we take that analogy of the one room schoolhouse, we can see, well, people are just in different grades. And we can't, I can't expect my boys to be on the same page with me. I <laughs> experienced this morning when I was teaching, trying, trying my best to be a homeschooling parent and teach my son how to do something in the way that I was communicating with him. It was just was like, wasn't getting through. And I was like, I was raising my voice and Sonia looked over at me like, how do you expect him to get what you're saying? And so then I was like, okay, great. You know, I need to reframe what I'm doing here. And so we started to make some, um, little cue cards instead and, and get him involved in, in sort of the teaching process. And, and so when we're in this one room schoolhouse, understanding that there's different people with different, you know, different mindsets, heart sets, grade levels, whatever, whatever, we just have to be more creative. That's all it is. Like how can we more creatively communicate? And we see this all the time with even patients in our clinic. You know, I'm speaking, you know, some, I sometimes catch myself in my, um, a dialogue or a rant. I'm going like, I realize I'm, I'm not connecting with the person at all. Let's, let's back up a sec, make sure that we can lay some foundation for uh, connection first. And Sonia has taught me this over the years that when I've asked for better communication from her, she's like, you're not going to get good communication out of me until we connect. You know, like we have to connect first and then communication follows. The same with all these people. There's certain people we will never connect with. So don't bother communicating, you know, or, or maybe there's a completely different way to connect and find that connection first before communication, because I've gotten in too many arguments with Sonia where, where, you know, I have to just give in and go, you're right. I didn't make that initial effort to connect. And I think if we can appreciate that or relate that back to our health, you know, I've seen this a few times that, you know, on on a communication system like the immune system or the metabolic system or the cardiovascular system, we have to, you know, plug in certain lifestyle criteria, make connections with fasting, make connections with our food, make connections with our environment, with our lifestyle, uh, exercise with our heart set or our breath work or meditation, whatever it is. We have to connect those first. So the communication of the lymphatic, the immune, the cardiovascular, the metabolic, the mitochondrial, the microbiome can start to do its magic. And when we sit in that experience of connection first, communication will follow. I also think it's important to, when you're trying to do that, to take that step back so you can observe what the, the synergy is in that piece. Like, whether it's between people, whether it's between ourselves, and whether it's between our hormones. Like We watch a documentary called The Biggest Little Farm, oh, so which is good. amazing, and everybody should watch it. And there are so many lessons in there in the interconnectedness of us as humans, but to our earth and how the earth and the animals and the soil, everything works together. And one example in there was that um, the snails were eating the leaves off of the citrus trees, so then the, the fruit couldn't grow properly. So you could have one solution where you can come in and spray them all down and kill them off, or you can look at it a different angle of like, what in nature can help support this system that will help the entire ecosystem? So they brought in ducks. Right? They brought in the ducks, they ate the snails because that's they love that for food. And then their um, feces will help the soil and like nurture the soil. So there's this interconnectedness that we also have as humans. I feel like there's this thread that connects us no matter what belief, because if you tear down the beliefs, if you take away the ego, if you take all of that away, we are all the same. We all want the same things. We want security, we want certainty, we want love, we want significance. We want growth, we want service. And those are those six essential needs from Tony Robbins. We all have those desires, how we manifest them, how we behave to receive that is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, we want connection. We want love and that's it. So if we can strip all that other detail stuff away, it makes it really, really simple. Yeah. Beautifully um, said. Go ahead. And you, you're going to have to have those, those guys on your show. Uh, after you watch that documentary, the big, biggest little farm. Okay. I'm going to watch hey, it. And you know what? You shared something before we started too. just, you know, if, if, if you were, can you share, I think that your listeners would love this. If you went back and, and took, plucked yourself out of your old version of Ben Azadi and plugged him into this current reality, that's given you a huge level of compassion. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the that question. Yeah, I mean, I was suicidal for several years, 20 years old to 24 years old, in and out of suicidal thoughts, even going on the internet looking for ways to kill myself. And I, I used outlets like sports, uh, watching Miami Heat, watching other sports teams. I used outlets like seeing my friends to help take my mind off of those thoughts. And if I were to, if I was that same person with those same thoughts of suicidal thoughts today during the quarantine, I think I would have taken my life because I, I don't have these avenues to take my mind off of just killing myself. So if, well, my point is that, yes, it's terrible. Any life lost from any virus or anything, it's horrible. But we're losing sight on all of the lives that are destroyed, the families, the divorces, the emotional trauma from the businesses that are being lost and the people who are already on the edge who don't have an outlet anymore like myself. And it's taking many lives that nobody's talking about. So I believe that I probably would have taken my life if it was going on right now during that period of my time. And, and that's something I haven't shared. So I thank you for asking me that question. Yeah, well, I think it's so powerful for, for all your listen, listeners to understand that you, like, you can relate to so many people who are stuck in the exact same place. And, mm-hmm. and it's that right there is a teaching of itself because you have that compassion and you saw through the lens that you saw through for so many years only to come out, you know, graduate, you know, through the one, one room schoolhouse to get to a place where you can start to see things from a different perspective. And man, we're, we're so grateful you're still here, man. Getting a chance to get to know you and see everything you have to deliver the world is massive. And so, you know, if you can do it, anyone can do it, right? Amen. And thank you. I I appreciate you too so much. Let's um, transition into when we work with people, we've seen that they gain, they get this identity. Uh, they identify with their disease or their addiction or whatever it is that they have. So could you explain what that is and how to overcome that? And Sonia, you could go first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anytime we have um, an identity in, in something, whether that's in relationships that we have in our lives or whether that's... Um, in a career, whether that's in how we eat, you know, even we could even say us as like, you know, people that promote keto and that way that's, it's a bit of an identity, right? Mm -hmm. We've, we've put that layer on and I feel with every layer, there's like a layer of a mask that gets put onto us. So what I encourage people to do is start to um, look in the mirror, start to look at those layers that we've created and start to understand that that isn't actually what defines us that that ego that wants to secure that identity so again we have control over how we're expressing ourselves because when there's control then we know what the outcome is going to be we know the responses we'll get from the other person in our life or from anybody else because we've had this um, mask that's been serving us for however many years so i think the best way to unleash such a mask is to start looking at our own things that are one driving us why we decided to create an identity around that and to create a space for us to be open to have the capacity to shift an identity you know so many people can't change their diet because they've now identified with it so much that they've defended it maybe in the past maybe you know we used to be vegetarians i say used to because now we're a little bit more flexible in that so when when we're not flexible we create rigidity and from that is what we're then there's more stress in the body and in the mind because now we have to like mm-hmm. put the shield up and, def- and defend it to death or else who are we then we've lost our sense of self so if we can tap into ourselves without that without the ego and be able to become more expressive of from the heart place I think that's when we can really release that attachment even to our addictions because we're also addicted to suffering. I think as a culture, we're addicted to drama. I mean, that's what we want to entertain us. We're addicted to not being enough because in the marketing, we're told the makeup you're wearing isn't enough. The, the diet you have isn't enough. The, uh, the house you have, the cars you have, nothing's enough, enough, enough. So you have to look outside of yourself. So the moment we recognize that the power is within the answers are already within. I think all of that is not going to matter anymore. Yeah. And, and maybe you can tie in some of the stuff you talk about with regarding significance because mm-hmm. that feeds that cycle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. you know, as a mom, for instance, um, significance is huge. If we're looking for that um, calling from our kids that they need us, right? When they, when they need us, we feel significant. We, we feel purposeful. 
when we're not living a purposeful life, when we haven't anchored into what our purpose is, we're looking for these signals from the outside world to give us that purpose. And maybe that purpose is to, you know, look at the media and what they're trying to feed us and anchor into that of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, it could be a protest that I go and protest at. It could be, I'm going to wear a mask because, you know, that's what's going to help my neighbor or the elderly or the immunocompromised it could be all these different things and in that moment it gives us that significance of like i have purpose in my life i have something that i'm moving towards and using that example as mothers so when you know that that element outside of ourselves is gone when the kids are gone to college or when that's gone then what what are we left with that's when the feelings start to drive into whether it's addiction depression anxiety all these things start to show up because now we have no identity in that anymore mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to add to that, I mean, I, I can't help but think of Gary Zukov in his book, The Seat of the Soul. I'm not sure if you've read that one. But he talks about these two contrasts in how we're viewing our reality. And so we've got the five sensory human being, which is your see, hear, taste, touch, smell version of us. And then we've got this multi-sensory aspect of who we are, which is this, you know, whether you have a religious or spiritual philosophy, this this bigger soul version of who we are, this this radiant body, this this maybe higher knowing, uh, bigger picture type version of who we are. And when we constantly relate to us, we are this body, this is who we are, we're going to be really stuck in ego. Not that ego is good or bad, it's just, it's just putting us into an ID or an identity of filtering everything through our five senses. And so through that five sense understanding, that significance, the identity that we're so locked onto and so, you know, holding on so tightly that we've never given ourselves the experience of this expanded multi-sensory version of ourselves, which is why, you know, we love doing yoga and teaching retreats and things like this, because we, we feel like we, what we do, we facilitate people's experience of something so much bigger. And so in these conversations or these experiences of expansion and, and a multi-sensory state of viewing the world, vaccines don't matter in that world right like the the perfect diet doesn't matter in that world like there's there's things that just don't matter in that world because we're seeing things from a completely different perspective and then so we can take that assuredness or that certainty or that bliss or that joy or that freedom and try to you know merge the two and if we can get a sense of that bigger picture that hope and determination and lock that into our identity like merging these two sensory systems Again, not that one's better than the other, but we do have to recognize, I think, as we move forward in this, you know, evolutionary process that Joe Dispenza talks about, Dr. Bruce Lipton, that when we grab these pieces of expansion and plug them into our version of reality where flow can then become form, we can start to relate to what's going on in a completely different way. And, and you know, through their teachings and through, you know, whatever other spiritual tradition you follow, um, that's where the magic is, is bringing that aspect of, of our soul version of us into this, into this, you know, filtered reality. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So uh, my next question is this, out of all the information that we've discussed today, so useful. I mean, I got a lot from this. So thank you both first and foremost. What are, if you could choose three actions that the listener or viewer can take today that will get them in the right direction of getting the results they want in life. If you got to choose, if you can't choose just three things out of what we discussed today, what would those three things be? I would say um, gratitude and some sort of meditation, whether that's dancing, whether that's going for a walk, whether that's reading some sort of quietness that gets you back into yourself. And the third one would be to, for me would be to, look at that window like look into your eyes like go in front of the mirror and look at that soul that's inside of you so that you can start to see the big picture and also see the miracle that is you like how much i mean this could be a whole other podcast like all that needed to happen from your ancestors generations to the actual sperm and the egg that allowed the sperm to do its job for you to be here today and for you not to see the power in that. So my hope in all of that, doing those three things is that you see how powerful that you really are. And before, before uh, you share, Nick, I, I'd love to hear how you practice gratitude. So we have, we usually have a practice at dinner time where we will go around and ask um, 
what we're all grateful for. And mentally in my mind, I'm doing it throughout the day because I do have that mindset where I focus on what's not working rather than what is working because I can see the gaps. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it has to be a real conscious practice for me. So there's many moments throughout the day where I'll just look outside and there's rain today. So, okay, my plants are going to grow. You're just having moments. It doesn't even have to be this big thing. It could just be moments of like taking a deep breath of like, oh, I'm breathing. You know, just recognizing the simplicity is what helps me have gratitude. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, love it. Um, I'd say mine might be a little bit more practical. I'd just piggyback off of everything you just said, Sonia, obviously. But uh, one thing would be, the first thing would be consistency. So whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, what, it doesn't matter what you do once in a while. It matters what you do every day. Um, you have to be consistent in whatever it is. And that could be movement, it could be breath, it could be meditation, it could be, you know, singing, painting, whatever, but it has to be consistent. It has to be done at least, you know, five, six days out of the week in order for it to be sinking into the body. And ideally you do it every day. So whatever that is. Uh, and then I'm just going to have one more um, just because you said such brilliant ones and that's make your own food and we can all do this. We can all, it can start with making sauerkraut. Um, you know, we have the privilege finally that having a place where we can actually plant a garden and start taking some of our power back by being uh, an active member in our own life and our own food supply. And what if we could take some of that energy and actually start to build something? And maybe you don't want to start with making sauerkraut or fermented vegetables, but maybe you make some muffins or you just, you just get more intimate keto muffins, keto muffins of course. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Of course <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying on this podcast. Um, but just get it, creating a relationship with food because the amount of people that have survived on eating takeout and just giving all their power away to everything outside of themselves is huge. And now is the time to really connect with your food. So those are my two. That's great. As you know, it's interesting because now more than ever, I'm doing the most cooking I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend, Natasha, I, I didn't really enjoy it um, before, but since the quarantine, I've been ordering a lot of foods from like U.S. Wellness Meats and just from local grocery stores. And I'm actually enjoying the process of preparing it and cooking it and actually listening to music. And that's something that I never had before the quarantine. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you share that. I resonate with that right there. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know from my audience who have just discovered you from this conversation, where is the best place for them to go check out your work? Mm -hmm. So uh, Facebook, we're quite active on their divine elements, or you can look up Dr. Sonia Jensen, Dr. Nicholas Jensen. Our website is divineelements.ca, and we're also quite active on Instagram. And we just started a YouTube channel. That's right. Our YouTube yes. cha channel as well, Drs. Nick and Sonia Jensen. And yearly retreats. Yearly retreats. <laughs> yeah, naturallybraveretreats.com, yeah. which we don't know if we're going to be international in this next year, depending on what happens. How, how the travel bans go. Yeah, we might just be Canadian-based uh, retreat company. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll put all those links in the notes in the, of the podcast and also the YouTube video. It's, it's down below if you're watching it on YouTube. Um, uh, I was going to say, uh, shoot, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Oh, you're in Vancouver. So if, if you're in, that's correct, right? You're in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So if you are listening or watching and you're in that area, go check them out in person. Go give Nick and Sonia a hug and they mm -hmm. run an amazing practice. They have great work. They're so authentic and they're brilliant at what they do. And I'm so grateful to be working with them. They're colleagues of mine and Dr. Pampa and we're a part of this amazing group. And uh, so go check them out if you live in that area. But before we wrap up this awesome conversation, I'm going to ask you both the same question. And Sony can answer first. Let's say you woke up tomorrow morning and there's this treasure, treasure chest right next to your bed. And you open it up and there's this magic wand, right? Mm -hmm. And it has instructions. This wand, if you wave it with intensity, <laughs> you have one wish granted for the world. And that wish, it's one thing that all seven plus billion people implement on a daily basis that helps them with this trend, this devastating trend of cancer and disease. It's just one habit that the world develops with this wave of the wand. So mm -hmm. what would you incorporate into the world with that wave, Sonia? Mm -hmm. So my desire for the world since I was very small has been peace. So with my wand, I would, um, yeah, I would wave peace into everybody because from that, the decisions we make for ourselves will all be nourishing. Beautiful. 
I was going to first say, can I would wave for more wishes, but I figured I can't, I'm not allowed <laughs> no, to say that. Cheating. That's not going to work. <laughs> good, good try though. Yeah, it's, it's my wand. I can say whatever I want. I'm just kidding. Uh, something similar. I, I think for all of us to wake up and realize that we have a deeper connection to this multi, multi-sensory aspect of who we are, because from there, if we all tapped into that experience, we would be nonviolent. There'd be peace. There'd be deeper connection. There'd be yearning. There'd be a desire to, to, to evolve further and, and find out what else is possible. So it, it would be that, that we could all wake up to our ex- expanded state of self. That's a beautiful answer. Um, I want to thank you both and acknowledge you both for sharing authentically your brilliance, as you always do. I, I've been following your work online and also in person when we see each other, but I really got a lot from this episode. I'm so grateful that we did it. I believe it's going to make such a difference for those who are challenged right now during the quarantine and even after. So I thank you for always showing up in this world, for doing the research and making a big difference in many lives more than you understand and know, my life included. You two are so authentic and supportive towards me. And I'm grateful for the conversation we had here. And I look forward to doing many more just like this with you two. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ben. Amazing. Yeah, you melt our hearts every time we speak to you. Love you, man. Love you both. Well, I hope you got so much out of that conversation. I did. And I encourage you to listen to this a few times and maybe even watch the video interview on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ketocamp. Please text this episode to a friend, to somebody who you believe would resonate with this conversation. Uh, You could just text it to them right now on your phone. Take a screenshot of this if you haven't done so already and post it on Instagram. Shoot me a tag at the Benazadi and at KetoCampOfficial and shoot Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen a tag over at Dr. Sonia Jensen and Dr. Nick Jensen. I'm going to put links for their social media and their website, divineelements.ca and all their information in the notes of this podcast. I highly recommend you check them out. They are brilliant. They put out such great work. Go connect with them. Let them know you heard them on the Keto Camp Podcast, and you're going to get so much from checking out their work. A reminder to sign up for my free webinar on June 19th, 2020 at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Head over to benazadiwebinar.com. Only sign up if you can make it live. That is benazadiwebinar.com. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Please leave the show a rating and review if you haven't done so already, and you'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.